There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha Podcast around 22, 2021. We come to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is about to announce his retirement from the Junk Time AFL podcast. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. Or should I say goodbye, Michael? Goodbye, Junk Timers. It's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Uh, sayonara, motherfuckers. And I don't need you people anymore because, get a load of this, Jason Ackermanis has just announced his own cryptocurrency and Rosie <laughs> is fucking all aboard the Acker train. I don't need you idiots anymore. I'm going to be so fucking rich that uh, people don't even... Mate, seriously, this week, as soon as Acker announced it, right? So it's called... Zoo coin, so yep. Z. You know, fuck, I shouldn't even be announcing it, but it doesn't matter. I've bought up all the stock, so there's <laughs> nothing left to buy. Zu coin, right? And Acker has released it this week, and as soon as I heard, I fucking I dipped into my super, so there is nothing left of my super. I'm fucking, uh-huh. it's bare. Like if this goes bust, I basically have to work until I'm 125, right? Yep. I uh, I fucking I've moved out of my apartment. I'm back in with mum and dad. It's gonna be tough, but <laughs> it's fucking worth it, right? Because this is gonna go good. I don't have a car anymore, which is really annoying because mum and dad live in the burbs, so it's gonna be annoying to get around and to get to gigs. But I'm happy to sure. I'm happy to you know ask other people. I don't fuck, mate. When I'm driving a fucking Lamborghini for mum and dad's, it doesn't matter. You, I mean, I mean, just looking at you through FaceTime here, um, mm. you seem to be missing quite a few teeth. Uh, is I don't that need them. Concerned? I've sold a kidney. Like I have, I am all in <laughs> on ZooCoin, right? And this is what I love about it. So Acker has said that, uh, well, this cryptocurrency bills itself as the world's first mm-hmm. peer-to-peer next-generation cryptocurrency. And he says it's it's quicker to process transaction, it's cheaper, and there's less energy-intensive to produce. So it's going to be able to handle smaller purchases, which is where they're into it. And I just think as soon as Zach is involved, uh, Rosie's right there with him. <laughs> so yeah. I'm... Uh, when, I, I heard, I, when I heard Acker and uh, Bitcoin, I was like, mm. cryptocurrency, sorry. Uh, mm. I mean, Bitcoin, obviously, the enemy. Um, yeah. But when I hear Echo and cryptocurrency, I'm thinking uh, plane sailing from now on. Oh, mate. You, you, I, maybe, maybe I'll call you from my house on... Uh, I'm buying Pedophile Island. Oh, really? You're uh, buying the island? Yeah. I I'm buying the cheap. island. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to change the name. But <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to be worth it because obviously the Epstein, uh, you know, um, family are going to be wanting to get rid of it. Yeah, it's sure. It's got its own airport. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I buy it? I mean, sure, it's got a bad name, but fuck, I think it's going to be worth it. No, definitely. And um, uh, <laughs> definitely uh, it gives so, uh, <laughs> the postie something to read when you write Pedo Island on the uh, postcard. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they know which one is it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I may occasionally get in contact with you, but I, I'm not going to need to. I'm going to be... You know what? I think the next time maybe, the next time I see you mm-hmm. is when I have organised a trip into outer space for us. Oh, and okay, for the gotcha. Junk a few select junk timers. I'll, we'll do a live show, a reunion show, if you will, on my, uh, my jet, the, the, the Rosie Express, which goes into outer space, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm just looking forward to it. Oh, fuck, I, I'm just hanging to be loaded, Michael, and now that Ak has given me a pathway, I'm just a happy man. Well, what I love is that Ak has mm. got into bed with uh, oh, hmm. Now, He's, see, I haven't done any research on this. So all this that you're telling me is yeah, just, yeah, I'm this telling is you news fresh. to me. <laughs> yeah, this is news to me. I didn't need. All I heard was Acker and Acker and cryptocurrency, and I was like, I'm there. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll use the term um, colourful racing identity. <laughs> Does that ring a bell? They're always fun. They're always fun people. <laughs> Trustworthy. I like them. So the unusual venture pairs Ackermanis, Mr. Ackermanis, actually, in the Herald Sun. They've gone full up. See? A lot of respect. Uh, with Alan End Endres? 
Okay. An Aubrey business identity who mm. was convicted of stock market manipulation in the 90s. Mate, who, <laughs> mate, hang on, hang on. Let me stop you there. Who wasn't? Who wasn't? If you, Print if it, you're a stock broker, Exactly. If you're a stockbroker in the 90s and you didn't try and manipulate it, <laughs> then you weren't worth a pinch of salt. And banned from being a company director amid oh. numerous clashes and counter-clashes with the corporate cop and tax office. <laughs> No, th- you know what? That's because they didn't like the way he ran his business and he said, how's about fuck yourselves, mate? This man knows what he's doing. Uh, I'm, he w- I'm still all in. He was also the owner of the racehorse Alligator Blood, which mm-hmm. was disqualified from last year's $2 million Magic Millions after <laughs> okay. testing positive to a prohibitive substance, a disqualification being challenged in the Supreme Court. There you go. <laughs> being challenged. Being I mean, challenged. It's not, yeah, it's not, not, you know, not finished yet. I mean, the horse no, has exactly. to have the dang yeah. court. I mean, I remember when Alligator Blood won by uh, 200 lengths. They'd never seen that before in a racehorse. They'd never seen it. You know? I tell you what, the nostrils were flaring. <laughs> they were flaring, mate. He was the only horse who could tie off his own belt around, his, <laughs> around all four legs. He would shoot up in four legs. That's how good this horse was. I mean, the whole Alligator Blood, um, I think it was a salt lick, but it was definitely a white powder. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a brick of something it was licking. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Akamanis, wow, they're really being uh, quite polite to him. Met Mr. Endrez? Endrez. Endrez, yeah. Yeah. Who tried to sue the government for more than $4 billion in damages uh, during his time playing for Footscray and the business and said didn't hide any. So he tried to sue the government for $4 billion. Yeah, how, how did that go? I, don't, I can't remember reading of anyone having won a settlement of $4 billion. <laughs> yeah, I always find when trying to sue the government, don't put a B in front of the word <laughs> that you want. <laughs> don't get good. Yeah. And he says the businessman didn't hide any of his trials and tribulations. So oh. this guy has been upfront with Acker. He's like, oh, mate, yeah, stock market, yeah, I tried to manipulate it. Big deal, mate. Yeah, I got in trouble with the regulator. Big deal, mate. The tax yeah, office, mate. they hate me, Acker. But I tell you, Acker, come on board. And we are going to make some sweet coin. Yeah, sure. You know, alligator pie, uh, blood might be in a pie one day, but, you know, no big deal. <laughs> and by the way, uh, did I uh, mention I tried to sue the government for $4 billion? Mm. And they don't say why, too. I wonder why. What was alligator blood yeah. up to? Yeah, what are, you, what are you suing? What are you suing for? Yeah. So he says, uh, so here he says that zoo coins have emerged from another of uh, Mr. Ackermanis' business ventures, Zookaz. Mm, interesting. <laughs> An augmented reality marketing platform which allows users to collect discount retail vouchers in the same way they play Pokemon Go. Now, do you know what that sentence means? I have no idea what that means. Yeah, so I think basically what it is is uh, you know how Pokemon Go works. So you're out in public and you look at your phone and you can see there's a Pokemon Go in the street that you can only see on your phone. You can't see it in real life. Yeah. <laughs> So that, this thing that uh, Acaras have, which all the kids are into, is you go out on the street and you collect discount retail vouchers. So you might, you know, like on the back of a shopper docket? Okay, gotcha. So so you might be out on the street and then it'll be like in the middle of a street. It's like four cents a litre off your petrol and you're like, got it. Gotcha. Actually, well, now you've put it that way. Like that actually yeah. sounds like not a bad idea. Yeah, but are adults going to take that up? Like kids play, po- well, adults play Pokemon Go as well, but... But are you going to have like a, a child just running around the neighbourhood looking for, I don't know, eight cents off his next packet of whiz fizz? Yeah, sure. Get eight cents off, you know, rev for two liters. Yeah. <laughs> so zoo coins are going for sixty bucks each at the minute. Yeah. Uh, what a bitcoin it says go the, for now? The most they're expensive about... cryptocurrency yet in terms of initial price offerings. So, so they're aiming high, but they're going to make it says here creating a market worth six billion dollars, which. Which is what I am clearly looking at um, getting in return. You are clearly on it, yeah. Fuck, man. I hope Aker's okay. Mate, he's a real estate agent. I hope he's okay. Hey, uh, You know what I love, though? You know what I love, though? Is that when they go to do the the final interview with him, you know, they send a current affair out there and say, Aker, what happened to all the money from ZooCoin? <laughs> And the last thing that will happen in a, a current affair interview is as Acker's running away, he will stop and do a handstand push-up <laughs> before he speeds away. Hey, Michael, we've we got a celebration. Can we take a moment to recognise, fucking get the banner up. 
We're going to run through it. We're going to carry our kids. Yeah. It's our 300th episode. Congratulations, mate. That is fucking unbelievable. I have yeah, fucking I, talked to you 300 times. <laughs> that is so annoying. And more because sometimes we even talk during the week, which is fucking ridiculous. Mate, absolute nightmare. 300. I mean, I, I think we started, we began 2014, didn't we? Yes. And you know the famous moment of 2014, the first episode, one of my favourite moments on the show, mm. was when Travis a, Cloak. a young player, premiership mm. player, had his window smashed in on his car <laughs> and they stole his shoes uh, from the back seat and he was heading to the Melbourne show and he yep. couldn't go to the Melbourne show that day. Yep. Uh, hashtag no Melbourne show for me today. What a, what a, what a beautiful moment for Trav. And what a beautiful moment for us when we realise that fucking hell, this football world is ridiculous and there's <laughs> something in this. And, and there's been a lot of copycat shows that have tried to emulate what we do, but no one, no one swears like we do. No one no. Turn, no one can, you know, you can listen to other podcasts without headphones. You can't do that with <laughs> us. Yeah, you can't play this one out loud on the tram. No, no, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. When when people ask you what do they talk about, you can't. You go well. Um, yeah, they don't do analysis. They no. um, they really hang shit on people and have things go bad for them. And um, how are you going to lockdown, man? So you got a curfew. Firstly, firstly, so I do want to say congratulations on the three hundred, and thank you to all the junk time listeners out there who've who've helped build the brand and come sure. to our live shows and supporters. It's been a fun run, and we're still enjoying doing the show. It's um. Well, it's it's just been, yeah. I mean, you, you need it more than me, but um, it, it, it's fun, you know. I'm gonna be, I'll do it from. I'll set up a studio on my island that we can zoom in occasionally on. So we're recording about four twenty. Oh, four twenty, mate. Um, oh, let's get on that gun. <laughs> on <the> Monday. <laughs> so, uh, Victoria announced the lockdown or curfew extension. Today. Yeah. Yes, so we've got a curfew. So I'm lucky. Um, so the curfew kicks in tonight at 9pm. And I'm just lucky I got the engagement party that I went to out of the way. Oh, you're going to that? Well, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah no, it was great. It was awesome. It was um, good I fun. You know, we were, we were laughing. And, yeah, we were laughing and stuff. And oh, we had <laughs> and a And did you make sure to film it too and, and then put it online? <laughs> Posted it everywhere because I was like, people need to see what a happy fuck? couple in love. Dude. I mean, I can get like kind of have a sneaky party, but like to film yeah. it and put it online yes. and like yes. while they're making jokes about how this yes. is illegal, like it's fucking so for anyone unbelievable. unaware of it, basically uh, there was an engagement party in Melbourne, in uh, Eastern Kilda last weekend, last week sometime, and there were 69 people there and someone videoed it and they made a joke saying, oh, we're allowed to be here because, you know, it's for our mental health, you know, our dad's a doctor. And apparently there were a whole bunch of doctors there as well. Oh, really? And so that video got posted around today and subsequently Melbourne has gone into a lockdown extension until September 2nd and now we got ourselves a curfew. Yeah, you got a curfew, unfortunately. Um, I mean... um Sydney obviously had nearly 500 cases today. Yeah. Uh, so Gladys opened up more, uh, which is good. <laughs> Very handy. Now, no, let me how ask tough you, has it been for you, though? You're not allowed to go look at real estate I tell anywhere you what, else in the state. It's a Because you nightmare. had your eye on something nice down in Kiama. You were thinking of driving up to Byron. You had played, You were going to Broken Hill just to, just to check out property because you're a fucking property magnate. That's the thing, man. I've got I've got so many investment properties going around, mm. um, and hobby farms as well. Don't forget my hobby farms. Um, you do have them. You love a hobby farm. <clears throat> now, uh, on other news, uh, big win for your mates in Kabul overnight. Yeah. <laughs> well, it disappoints me. You know, I, I told some good jokes over there, and I didn't need the Taliban to just you know it's going to be tough for the comedians over in in Kabul. Um. I've seen the uh, footage at the airport, and mm. it does look a bit like the uh, the Boxing Day sales. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but to to be fair, full credit to the Taliban. I mean, mm. they've been in the wilderness for twenty years, put barely any uh, oh. scoreboard pressure on. Do you um, think? Okay, okay. Could the Taliban be like Carlton? Well, I was thinking a bit like they're like Melbourne, like you know, made the grand final in two thousand, and yeah, then okay. you know, twenty years kind of not much, a bit of something, yep, but not yep. much. Um, but to their credit, like they did do a full review. Max Gorn got the big beard. Um, they had Jason Dunstall and Matt Pavlich come in and do the full review. And yep, yep. 
I mean, they've really, um, over the last couple of weeks, they've really taken some big scalps. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? You know what was really strange, though, is we never saw the results of the Taliban review. Like, they kept it under wraps, which I think shows that there's no leaks within that team. So they're a tight unit and they yep. keep it together. Yeah. Um, a lot of members, too. A lot of members. A lot of people jumping on board their bandwagon. Under duress. <laughs> uh, and I like their mascot, um, Alligator Blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're a big fan. I tell you what, though, they've covered some. Uh, they've covered some territory. They went to the fat side of Afghanistan. They kicked it to the other side, and they have opened it up. Now, when you've been there, have you been only to Kabul? Uh, no, I went to Kandahar in the south, which fell uh, last week. Yeah. But that that uh, airport where everything is going down over the last couple of days in the vision you see of people, you know, getting onto the planes and stuff, that's where I was based. The Kaya, so the Kabul International Airport, we, we call it in the in the industry Kaya. Um, that no way. is where we flew in and out of. I've got yep. videos of, you know, landing there and stuff. And when we got choppered into, so that's sort of like on the outskirts of Kabul. And when we got choppered to the NATO headquarters in the city, that's where we took off from Kaya and then got choppered into the city and then choppered back out. It reminds me of the fall of Saigon. And by that, I don't mean mm. the fall of Saigon. I mean the fall of Saigon in the musical Miss Saigon. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, when um, Kim uh, was desperately trying to get to Chris, but uh, they couldn't couldn't meet up in the embassy, and because um, Kim um, had a child to Chris, and so eventually she came came to America. And how did um, we get Chris to three hundred <laughs> episodes? <laughs> when you have repeatedly brought up musicals that the I heat is on in Saigon. <laughs> I can't remember if I've told this story on the on the podcast. Is it about a musical? Is it, can you, can it be about a musical? About a musical Avenue that I walked Q, out on. We live on Avenue Q. Oh, why God? Why this way? When we flew God from the Kabul International Airport. I'm sorry, Junk Thomas. <laughs> I really am sorry. <laughs> When we flew from the Kabul International Airport to the NATO headquarters. So we got choppered across at three o'clock in the morning. So wait, quickly, why are you going to NATO? Uh, so it was sort of like the, it was the ISAF headquarters, which was just sort of where there were a few Australians and then just a whole bunch of internationals um, sort of, uh, what? It was like the coalition. It was the coalition's headquarters in yep, Kabul. Sure, sure. And it was almost like a prison. So we landed. So we were supposed to fly at nine at night. And we ended up flying at three in the morning. So we get in this Chinook hel helicopter, which is the one with the two propellers on it. Yep. And we get on that. It's got machine guns out the side of it. And everyone on there, the American crew that were flying us, had night vision goggles on and stuff. And we land at the, uh, there was an oval next to the uh, NATO headquarters, the ISAF headquarters, where we were going into. And we land and we get off and they come out with guns to cover the chopper so no one could take shots at it. Dude. And as we get off, so we're wearing body armor and helmets. And as we get off, uh, we're on the on the, the field. And they say to us there was a gate about 80 meters away um, that we had to get to to get into the, the proper the compound. And they said to us, see that gate over there? Just fucking run as hard as you can. And I got off that chopper and bolted like I'd just kicked a goal and had to run to the bench. Like it was fucking... Just shitting myself the whole way. So you're way. wearing a helmet? You're wearing a vest? Yeah, wearing body armor, yeah. Yeah, dude. Fucking hell, yeah. mate. And you just run. And you, there's dudes like, you know, because there's all like high-rises around it and they're like, we're just keeping cover on this so no one takes pot shots at the... Not that they would because they would, you know, get uh, lit get up. fucked up, but, yeah. But yeah. you think like that's like a pretty uh, good spot for a sniper to hang out in a high-rise. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because you've got, you got a stationary... Uh, yeah. Chopper, yeah. and then when we got there, so we get into this, and we got we go to our uh, like our rooms, which are almost like um like a camp on high school. So there's like uh, two bunks, two sets of bunks in there. And <laughs> um, stuff. I think you're fine. At my high school, we camp a little <laughs> bit differently, <laughs> so you don't have a butler coming in, serving yeah. <laughs> you breakfast yeah. in bed. Yeah, so you'd step over the spa and you get into your bunk, 
And the section of the compound that we were in, we had to have these special passes. You had to have a special pass to walk around the compound. And if you don't have one, basically shoot on site because everyone had one. And so we didn't have them when we got up in the morning. So we couldn't even go for breakfast. And they're like, you cannot leave this area because if you don't have that pass visible, you will be shot. No way. Yeah. So no we were way. like, all right, we, we might just hang in our rooms until we get the passes cleared. Dude, that's fucking unbelievable. So yeah. they have to bring it to your room and... Yeah, and then and, and, they were and, like, and, whenever you're out... Are they just like a lanyard? Like, just a plastic... Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But everyone had them visible and they had where you were allowed to be. And whenever we went out, we were always with a soldier. They were pretty like, they basically said, don't be, don't be out by yourself just because you'll get yourself into trouble. No way. Yeah. And that was in the middle of the city. So we were sort of surrounded. The reason that we flew from at uh, instead of nine at night at three in the morning, because there'd been a rocket attack on that base before we flew in. Um, it's actually quite similar because I just finished a job. Um, I had a green lanyard, which gave me access to certain areas, mm-hmm. but only the black uh, lanyard could get you in to talk to the mass singers when they've been evicted. <laughs> So it's very similar. <laughs> I feel your pain, man. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I feel your pain. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't get into certain areas and yes. got pulled up no, I, a couple I, of times I, and I, went through the wrong door. And they're like, "No, you, you can't yeah. go and talk to the celebrities." And I'm like, "You can't be." Oh, here. I didn't mean to. Anyway, by the way, you can't be. Here. <laughs> but you know, the people that I actually do feel sorry for are the ones who uh, worked with the Allied armies and who couldn't find their way out in time. And yeah, dude, interpreters and shit like that too. Interpreters and stuff like that. And they yeah. had people like when we went in, they showed us, um, they took us into the room where they, they fly the drones around. And so they have an Afghani or, or person with them who will explain why a car might have stopped on a road. And they'll be like, oh, that's because it's part of the, the prayer times. They go down to the river to cleanse themselves before they pray. And they're like, oh, okay, so we won't send a fucking hellfire missile at that sure, car. Sure. And so these people work with the work with the armies and stuff, and and gave a lot of their time. And um, unfortunately, a lot of them haven't been able to get out or are struggling to get out. And you know, you hope they do find their way back to the countries that they helped. What do you think the uh, percentage of um, you know Australians, Americans, what would have been when you were at that base? And at first, um, I've actually have a question without notice. How many mm. people do you think were on the base? Fucking great question. Probably about of, of like Allied troops, probably like five thousand ish, maybe. And it was sort of a, a, a big makeup of a lot of Eastern Europe, European countries, a lot of um, you know, like uh, Denmark and Northern European and uh, Netherlands, a lot of Brits. A lot of Americans. There weren't heaps of Australians when we were there. Yeah. The really interesting thing is seeing, um, like, you know, friendly Allied troops with AK-47s because you just see them as a weapon of a terrorist. And you'll be in the mess hall and, you know, like, a guy's... This happened to me. I was waiting to get a, a drink from the fridge and there was a troop from Mongolia, I think, in front of me. And he reaches in and he's uh, AK-47 is just banging me in my leg. Dude, I've done that too. So when I did a job in South Africa about five, six years ago, I hit my elbow and I was like, ouch, and then turned around. I was like, oh, that's the butt of a rifle. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a weird experience. <laughs> They're solid. <laughs> They're, they yes. are solid. They are very solid. They are very solid. But, Michael, let us get on to the footy. And finally, the AFL has got what it wanted with such an even season. We've got a live ra- last round. It's fantastic. We really do. Okay, so let's break it down because there's a lot to unpack. Mm. So... Okay, so we have Giants on 42, uh, Essendon on 40, Eagles on 40, Fremantle on 40. So, in theory, they can all make a run for the Giants and Essendon can miss out. West Coast and Frio can make it. But, having said that, the Giants are playing Carlton. Now, Carlton got done by 95 points. They have... Well and truly, not only have they put the queue in the rack, they've taken the rack off the wall and they've incinerated it. Can we talk about that quickly? By the fact that I think I was watching up to about half time or something, and it was like, you know, pretty even, you know, nothing ridiculous. Yeah. And then I think the Giants got about, you know, roughly, you know, 14, 13 goals in a row. Uh, how oh, are Port, you feeling? You sorry? Port, you mean? You said Giants, but yeah, Port. Oh, sorry, Port. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you watch the whole thing? 
No. So I left. I left after Josh Honey had just kicked our fifth goal, okay? And I went down to meet some friends at the park for... uh, Whoa, 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 whoa. With my mask on for some Non-essential. Non-essential, motherfucker. I was exercising. I went down to the park. I was running around. Dude, fuck you. Thank you. Fucking ruining for everyone. I was running around. Name and shame. Name and shame. I left the house. Won't won't be doing that. I left the house. And by the time I got to... uh, Brunswick Street Oval, which is seriously about seven minutes away. So we had kicked five goals. They had two. Uh, Port Adelaide had banged on four in seven minutes. And then the next time I looked, they'd uh, smacked on another 15 and we hadn't kicked a goal. They kicked 19 goals in yeah. a row. Now, David Teague afterwards keeps saying, you know, I, I, have, I have belief, I have faith in this team. It's like, stop saying that, mate. Stop saying yeah. it. No yeah. need for faith. There is no faith. No I- one else has faith. I feel like it's becoming untenable for him now. Do you feel that? It's all over. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's as good as done. I mean, if Clarko, if Clarko says that he wants to coach next year, it will be at Carlton. Yeah, sure, sure. And well, I, I think the only reason it won't be at uh, Collingwood is because they've got Graham Wright. Although, if you are Collingwood and he says, Graham Wright says, mate, I can't, I can't be around Clarko, they say, no worries, mate. Thanks for your time. Fuck we'll off. We'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wouldn't exactly. you? Like, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Graham, you know, he kind of did build that three-paint um, squad. But totally. I figure, like, if, if it comes down to a choice of Clarko or Graham Wright, it's like, fuck, we'll take Clarko, surely. You go on Clarko, yeah. yeah. You go on Clarko. And then Ross Lyon came out the other day and said that, um, you know, that uh, Lee yes. Matthews reminded him of why he's, you know, a coach and he put the fire back in the belly. It's like, oh, so you... It wasn't until that conversation. Ross Lyon just thought, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to coach again. And then Lethal comes out and says... I, I, I was a bit confused by that kind of article, by the fact I'm like, did Lethal call up Ross and kind of just have a bit of a speech with him? No, like, I think they might have run into each other out the back in the um, commentary box or something. Like, Because Lethal does 3AW and then Ross does Triple, Triple M. M. Yeah. So they would have been out the back, you know, the Wolfpack having a break, you know, having a sausage roll, sharing a drink. And so did the conversation maybe go a bit like, uh, yeah. G'day, Ross. Uh, oh, Lethal. Uh, this is really good to... See you again. Oh, I think you got the passion to coach. Uh, maybe I do have the passion to coach. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Wednesday nights on Free Classified is pretty good. <laughs> 300 shows of that junk timers. <laughs> that's what you keep coming back that's for. That's the magic. People. That's the magic that's, right there. That's why you're here. But can we go through this week? Um, yes. So what I'm saying is GWS are playing Carlton. Almost, you just cannot see them losing that, right? So they beat Richmond on the weekend. They beat Geelong down in Geelong. They're looking the goods. They're timing their run. So I would say they're locked and loaded. They've got seventh locked away. It's down to that eighth spot. Now, if you are fixturing that weekend, do you put Essendon and Collingwood as your last game? Or do you put West Coast and Brisbane as your final game? I think. Sorry, sorry, fixturing without notice. I think Brisbane and Eagles, by the fact that it has more impact in terms of top four and top eight. I see. That's interesting. I would have put because if you put if you put that last, and Essendon's already beaten Collingwood, then it's a non-event. They can't make it. I will change my so mind. And <laughs> so <laughs> no, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. So I would have, I would go Frio first. If they can beat the Saints, they're in, right? Yep. Then you have West Coast and Brisbane. If they can beat, if West Coast can beat Brisbane, then they're in. So they've bumped Essendon down. And then Essendon, last game of the round, Sunday afternoon, have to beat Collingwood to get themselves into the finals. Arch enemies on a Sunday afternoon in lockdown. I reckon huge for ratings. Fucking hell, I should be working at the AFL. Sure, at Bendigo. Going to be massive. <laughs> um, but fuck, man. I mean, Geelong and Melbourne are playing each other. That's fucking incredible. Well, that's for top spot. And and then, fuck, man, top spot. What does that mean? Like, 
playing a final in Perth? Like, I mean, surely... Well, I, guess, I guess it's that. I guess it depends on who you play then because the Doggies are playing Port Adelaide. So that's for third spot. Dude, dude. I mean, surely now... What a great now, final round. Surely now we can say the grand final is not going to be the MCJ. You can't imagine. Uh, it would have to be the most incredible turnaround in the history of turnarounds. Like, somehow... All Victorians get vaccinated tomorrow and yeah. then again their next vaccine in three weeks' time, which It'd be uh, like if, I can't uh, see happening. Lazarus got mm. COVID, then got vaccinated and <laughs> came back. But I mean, I yeah. messaged you during the week and uh, I think Melbourne came out of lockdown in October 25, 26. And then two months later, they had 30,000, the MCG for Boxing Day cricket. Yes, so that is true. You you can't imagine a grand final with... 30,000, and we, the, the time frame is getting even tighter now. And also, when you see how they did it for the dream time, when you saw the Derby yesterday, it looked fucking fantastic with a full stadium, and it's a great stadium, and it deserves it. You know? Dude, the I'm Gabba actually had looking it. forward to a Perth Grand Final, and actually, and do it at night again. Give it a crack, like, full house. You think it'll it be up. a night one? Well, I think, like, just do it, you know? Like, we've tried it once. Let's just try well, it no, again and see on. what happens. Well, all right, so we've had nights... We've had, uh, you know, the regular afternoon. Because well, yeah, you could do it in because um, it's in Perth and they've got the two-hour delay. You could have an 8 o'clock game in Perth, so 10 o'clock in Melbourne, a late-night game. Oh, jeez, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, the delay. Yeah. Okay, so for for the Eastern people, it would have to be a twilight, I suppose. Uh, I guess if, so. So if it starts at 6 in um, Perth, it's 8 o'clock here. I suppose so, yeah. So many permutations, Michael. Oh, mate. I mean, tell you what, if I was Gil right now, yeah. I'd be yeah. <laughs> tear my hair out. I'd be panicking. I'd be panicking. But it looks to be a great final series because every team in there on their day, the only team, and this is not, um, you know, it's not having a go at Essendon because they've done really well to be there, but they're probably the one that's most susceptible to being opened up a little bit. Like they're, yep. you know, they've kicked, what is it, uh, 100 points three times and lost. So they're just a little bit shaky down back. But everyone... You know, the Western Bulldogs have lost two in a row. No one would have seen that coming. They've lost Josh Bruce. It's fucking going to be tough for the doggies. I know I said last week it's there to lose, theirs to lose, but now it's Melbourne's to lose. And then if you look at the gap between um, sixth and seventh, it's 14 points, so three and a half games. So that yeah. means there's like a clear kind of um, separate pack. Uh, what would you call it? Peloton? Um, mm, who would. are ahead of the others. Yeah, so... I mean, Giants have had some good form in the last couple of weeks, but um, but maybe seven and eight kind of make up the m- numbers more. But again, at least that there's no absolute standout to yeah. win the flag. Anyone can do it, and I think that's it's. You know what? I reckon it's good for footy. Wow. Well, mm. comments from Profound. Profound. Hey, do you reckon Tassie's going to get a team? Absolutely. Nothing surer. So the AFL put out their review. Another review. I'll tell you what, if you're in the review business, you are <laughs> you're making a lot of money, of money this year. You don't even need the zoo coin. You're fucking, I'm in the review business. Uh, from Colin Carpenter, mm. uh, former uh, Geelong um, president. And he went out on a limb. Yeah. He went out on a limb and he said, Tazzy should have a team. It should be either a 19th team, mm. a relocated team from Melbourne, or mm. a team from Melbourne playing a lot of games in Tasmania. So yeah, so he's coming. I mean, Hedge his bets. <laughs> he came out strong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and said, "I want to consider every option. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to put that in writing form and hand absolutely. it into the AFL." And by the way, that took me three months. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and the um, the Tasmanian Premier Peter is a good one. Uh, that's a good question. I looked it up before. Uh, I actually didn't know he was the uh, Premier. I thought Will Hodgman was still Premier. Oh, mate, um, you fucking, you're so behind in your Tasmanian Premiers. It's embarrassing. Let's but I, they had an election recently, I think. And I, I think they had an election in 2018. So uh, I feel like they... No, they had one this this year. Yeah, well, they had one in 2018. So they yeah, must well, have called mate, an you're allowed to have elections. It's, it's democracy, buddy. Yeah, but it's like not every two years. Like, it's usually a bit longer than that. But I think maybe they were kind of had a healthy, you know, popularity. So they went early yes. to get a majority. Anyway, he has come out and said... Um, he, he's not happy with it. He doesn't want a part-time team in um, 
in Tassie and they want their own license. They're going, we don't want to, we don't, we don't want to rent a team. We want our own team. And he talked about maybe withholding money from Hawthorne yeah. and North. Um, I don't know quite entirely where North gets their money from, but obviously Hawthorne, um, their major sponsor is Tasmania. So uh, what I'm saying is, um, Pete, you fuck with us. There are going to yeah. be fucking repercussions, mate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You you won't get you won't get to see Gold Coast down at Bloodstone Arena <laughs> if you fucking if you keep bad mouthing the mainland, mate. You ever think you're going to see fucking Frio play down there again? You are fucking kidding yourself, my friend. It is funny, yeah. Like the uh, the uh, who's who that plays down at Tasmania. It's like, um, hey, are you a club that struggles to get you know fifteen thousand yeah. to a regular home and away game? Come down yeah. in Tasmania and play <laughs> Hawthorne. <laughs> we love you. And also, why is it just assumed that it's going to be in Hobart? Like, why, you know, why is Bernie out of the mix? Why is Davenport not getting a run? What about Lonnie? You know, there's many places that could be getting it. Well, that's actually a big question, man. Uh, actually, Gutlin here, he was a footballer. He was a tough on-baller for East was he? Launceston. Ah, and played for Swan Districts in Perth. Huh. Well, there you go. Um, but I think that's part of the um, equation too. Like, do you put in Hobart? Do you put in Lonnie? So I think that's part of And also, I can never remember which one's north and south. I think Hobart's south. Lonnie yes, north? Do you absolutely. Yeah? Lonnie's yeah. at the top, you idiot. Yeah, I never remember. Um, and the idea that the north and the south don't like each other. So it's like... If oh, you put it's already in Hobart, say, oh, I'm hearing you. We need two teams out of Tassie. Well, yeah. I think, I think mm. that's what we're calling for. Yeah, we need a 19th yeah. and a 20th. Yeah, and uh, how much are they going to fight for being called the um, Devils? Yeah, I, I think yeah. You, the first team in gets the Devils, and then the second team, what do they get? They just get the fucking. What do you get? The Mona, the Moners. <laughs> yeah, sure. The uh, the Mofos. You know how they got the dark <laughs> yeah. Mofo, which sure. is a fantastic yeah. thing. Been no, through a lot. Be, uh, if you're playing the Tassie Mofos, you're fucking shitting yourself. But if you're playing the Hobart Wall of Vaginas, like that is. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> I mean, you, oh fuck. Who you got next week? Oh fuck, we got the Wall of Vaginas. <laughs> oh shit. <that's> <laughs> yeah, you want to see the heritage jumper? <laughs> it's just there's a lot of hair on that. Uh, Buddy's been a good bloke lately, mate. When hasn't he been? Everyone loves Buddy, and now he's dishing out uh, dishing out help to opposition players. Got to love the Bud. He has been, yeah. So he was playing up against um, uh, Sam Taylor from the Giants, and mm. I think Buddy took a mark, outmarked him. Yep, he did. And then reached out to his opponent for free and said, do you want a tip? And Sam was like, oh, I don't have my wallet on me, but <laughs> but um, gave him a bit, of, a bit of a chat about how to play the body. Yeah, he said, uh, make sure you get your body, your hips, closer to mine, which stops me from pushing you over and using my arms to push you. Now, I don't mind the idea of, you know, helping out opposition players and stuff, but don't, Sam Taylor is a fucking gun of a defender. Yep. Don't help out the already, like, you give tips to the guys, you go, he's going back to the reserves next week. If I, I look like a good bloke, but it's never going to affect anyone else. But every other full forward in the comps just going, oh, shut up, buddy, you fucking idiot. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, do you remember time of times when you were playing on the field and a bit of banter or a bit of kind of help for the opposition or looking after nah, them? Not at, not at my level. No, nah, I mean, you know, no, not not tips-wise. I wouldn't have given stuff out like that. Like, uh, mate, I have no left foot, so if I look like I'm going to turn that way, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going that way. I remember think. Ruffy did it in the VFL a few years ago. Yeah. He helped out a young fellow that he was playing against. And yeah, yeah, it's Reuben William. Yeah. Uh, it was 2018, so that must have been when Ruff was coming back from cancer, I think. I think it was in his final year, maybe. Uh, I think. Because he was playing in the Magoos and just went, yep, I'm, I'm done, but I'm going to help out. Yeah, I'm going to give out right. my wisdom of being a champion player. I'm trying to think when I kind of gave encouragement to our opposition. Um, I remember. Uh, one particular player uh, heckling me uh, by suggesting that uh, my father had um, ejaculated in my hair. <laughs> 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 Which wow. I, th I thought was weird. I thought it was a, a long bow. A long bow. I mean, that is, that is a, good, um, a good way to put someone off, though. <laughs> it 
You know when they say the occupy your uh, headspace rent free, I reckon that's there. Like you're laying there going, why did he say that? That's like a really strange thing to say. That was a match where the umpire, um, the umpire was saying to the players in the middle of the ground when he was about to bounce the ball, he was saying, where are we going to go out tonight, blokes? Like he was organising. To one team or to both teams? To to one team. He was organising a night out with the opposition. (laughs) Yeah, good. Uh, Anyway. Hey, uh, footballers in real life? Mate, after last week's, um, what did we have? It was barren. We have some um, umpires in real life because we were talking about last week uh, mm. whether the umpires live in Victoria or live yeah. around the country. Yeah. Uh, so from Tom, uh, unfortunately for me living in Perth, not all umpires live in Melbourne. Um, during high school, my tutor and PE teacher was Luke Farmer, in brackets, ex-AFL umpire. He would return the umpire games in Perth and occasionally fly interstate on the weekend to umpire interstate games, then fly back on uh, for school on the Monday. In brackets, fuck that. (laughs) 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 He was a cowboy PE teacher who would always join in the students playing touch rugby or whatever during class and try way too hard. There you go. He's an umpire. He needs to to feel good about himself. Yeah. Should I say the next bit? Absolutely you should. Okay, he was also one of the weak cunts who had to stop umpiring <laughs> because his back hurt from bouncing the ball. <laughs> Pathetic stuff, really. <laughs> Mate, I love the honesty from our listeners. <laughs> you don't get that anywhere else. The silver lining of this situation has been able to regularly scream at abuse my teacher at AFL Games. Most kids would pay for that privilege. It's uh, true. I graduated a few years ago, so things might have changed since then. Okay, we had another one from Ben again about the question. I tell you what, though, if if your if your teacher was an umpire and that cost you a game Monday morning, he is especially in Perth. Like, imagine he did a derby. Yeah, and I'm only saying it that way because I know Perth listeners. That's how you fucking sand molesters say it. But you get in there and he's given a shit decision late. You are you're reminding him of that. Dude, imagine that going to going to a game on the weekend where you can just give your teacher an absolute fucking oh, bake. Oh, absolute bake. Yeah, it'd be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? Fuck. Uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> the teachers at my old high school, um, we didn't get to give them a bake, but they often ended up in jail. So, got revenge <laughs> that way. <laughs> From Ben, RA umpires. You asked the question about umpires in this week's episode. I know that Margette lives in Perth and gets oh. a lot of Optus Stadium games, but he does get games in other states as well. I think the boundary umpire and goal umpire crews must live in each state, though. As I've noticed, Optus Stadium games always have the same boundary umpires. That's actually interesting, yeah. I suppose they probably don't need to do the same kind of training as a field umpire. No, I guess not. And there's sort of like, you don't need to be as impartial. Like, it's pretty rare that a boundary umpire costs your side a game. Uh, You can tell... uh, 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 always have the same boundary umpires. It's the one who got the Sherrod Wellingham haircut a few years back. You can tell they were really good mates because they always look at each other and giggle during the games. In brackets, I sit right behind the goals. Perfect spot behind mm. the goals. No so notice, especially when they line up at the point post when someone is kicking for goal. Uh, we also get the same two serious guy goal umpires or Sally Bond who seems a bit more chill. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, actually, I kind of now I'm thinking about it. Like, I figure like maybe field umpires have to be in the same spot to kind of you know get all the education and training. But maybe goal umpire and boundary umpire don't need to be. Um, yeah, just just keep your fitness up. Yeah, the goal umpires have to be fit. Like, I mean, I know you got your your occasional burst out to the edge of the goal square to go all clear, and then the quick burst back. But beyond that, you're not doing a lot. I mean, I can't think of too many who have been too portly over the journey. No, that is a good point as well. Although maybe back in the day you could you could have hidden it with the white dust coat. You know when you see dads on the weekend, you know it's like fucking the buttons about to take out the full the back of the fullback's head. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever um boundary umpired? Uh, yeah, yeah. I did an under nineteens game for Coburg years ago. Like called got called up after I'd played footy. My yeah. uncle was like worked down there, and he's like, "Do you want twenty bucks or whatever?" To boundary uh, umpire, and I was so far behind the play. It was dude, ridiculous. did you find it to be like the hardest fucking thing in the world? Yeah, yeah, it was because you know you get you're standing on the boundary, you're standing on the point post, and they kick it out from full back, so dude. you're already fifty meters behind play. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I've only done it once, and it was like an amateur amateur game, and mm. I was like so fucking wrecked after like five minutes. And I remember yeah. like someone had a shot for goal, and I was meant to be down by the point post, and the opposition team kind of started going, "Yeah, you know, go down to the point post," and I was like. I can't. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> you were giving it back to them. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, and here's our friend, uh, Anonymous, uh, mm-hmm. who's provided a bit of umpire info over the journey. Uh, thank you, Anonymous, for your uh, contribution over it. 300 reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit more umpire info for you fellows, in brackets, Anon, as always, please. We're, they're a secretive bunch. Uh, as a couple of years ago, all umpires must be based in Melbourne. So, if you want to be an AFL umpire, you had to relocate. There you go. However, old-time umpires uh, who started interstate years ago, like Margetts in Perth... Oh, um, here we go. ...got to say where they... Uh, because they would should retire soon. Oh, there you go. So, we had the stories corroborated. That's all, it's all checking out. Thank you, Junk Timers. And, and I like this bit too. Uh, fuck, yep. I can't believe I'm known as the umpire male guy. <laughs> what a low dog. I'm not doing very well <laughs> at all. <laughs> Okay, football in real life from Nick. Uh, a couple of months ago, I flew to Brisbane and was on the flight with Port Adelaide for the round 14 match against the Suns in the Gold Coast. Have you ever, have you ever been on a plane with a team? Yes, I flew to Perth with Collingwood once. I remember our mate Travis Cloak, no Melbourne show for me, was sitting in the first seat in economy. So it was like a, like a proper... Um, Almost international type plane, like a big ass plane. Yep, sure. And it, sure. And it had the the middle bit. You know how you can yep. put your feet up against that wall. He was up against that. Yeah, sure, sure. And I remember that the um must have been the dietitian or whatever walked down and handed them all oh, hand as we we're flying across. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, flew to Brisbane on the flight, Port Adelaide against the uh, Suns and Goldie. A uh, few interesting things to note here. I first noticed the players as they were lining up to go through security scanners and I was surrounded. I just assumed they'd all be in some kind of bubble, but Adelaide to Brisbane travel was unrestricted then. After going through security, players all peeled off to the Virgin Lounge. In brackets, pause for Rosenbachs to make a joke about how that's where Chamber usually goes. hey Because <laughs> you haven't had sex. Oh, I thought that was like a, 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 like rich a tiger person. joke kind of thing. Oh, but for virgin, oh, maybe it could, no it could go either way. It could go. I'll go. I'll go. The you 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 can't. You don't get sex. <laughs> <laughs> about thirty minutes after going through security, and about fifteen minutes before boarding, Robbie Gray strolls through. Oh, I see how it works. Big dogs don't check in early. <laughs> I love it. Nor should you. Obviously, they were all decked out in branded clothes, but Aaliyah Aaliyah went one step further and had a power bucket hat on for the whole flight. Not bad. Okay. What's what's your take on a bucket hat? Bucket hat. I mean, it's not really one for me, but I'm not much of a hat guy apart from a baseball cap. Like well, that's a hat, mate. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And I, I wear that kind of basically every time I go outside. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not one for like so a just... bucket hat. Nah, it's not really for me. Uh, what, about a f- what about a flat-brimmed baseball cap? Well, I was going to say like, would you ever pull off like a fedora kind of thing, or like you know some people oh, you kind of they just got good hat heads. If I if I wore a fedora and uh, every time I walked past a reflective surface, I would knock it off my fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like you fucking idiot. <laughs> and hello to all our fedora wearers out there. I mean, fuck man, calm down. They're a big part of the market. Uh, <laughs> bucket hats, mate. But what do bucket hats do? They, you see people wearing them like uh, over summer, and it covers like. Such a small surface. Like, if you want to use the sun, you use a Greg Chapel hat. It covers everything. A bucket hat. You get your fucking end of your nose burnt. Your lips would be burnt. They're just too small. That's what I imagine. Like, I'm I'm more hat like for sun smart. So a yeah. bucket. Doesn't yeah, you really you have the little thing at the back, the Legionnaires thing. Yeah, sure, sure. I wear the my um, oh, sun smart. Quick enough. The what do you call it? With the rashy. Wear it to the shops. And the t-shirt when you get in the pool. Uh, lastly, the players fly to Brisbane for a Gold Coast match. They were definitely uh, there were definitely direct flights f- to the Gold Coast from Adelaide, and with Virgin as a AFL sponsor, I thought the cost would have been immaterial. Anyway, we detailed in a bit of a hat talk there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, football in real life from Alexander. Howdy, howdy, lads. After no footballers in real life, I thought uh, I'd let you know that Chapel Street near the Channel Ten building has been fruitful for football signings well past VFL 2.0. 
uh, around three weeks ago. I saw the entire Adelaide Crows leaving the Coma Hotel and boarding a bus to head to their game at Marvel against the Hawks. On Friday, I saw Cam Sinclair in brackets injured Swans Ruckman with another player couldn't identify going for a walk on a very surprisingly balmy Friday. But like typical Sydney Divas, wearing beanies despite being 18 degrees. <laughs> uh, some creepy long les iPhone pick, uh, and there was a pick attached. Uh, on Thursday, I saw Luke Parker and a fellow Swan staffer jogging from my street, n- name redacted street, to Chapel Street, and Luke was holding a very rigidage camera tripod. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to pass the time, I guess. So, yeah, the stand at the Comets. So if, if I remember correctly, when he had a grand final show in 2016 um, mm. with uh, French of the show, uh, Will Anderson and Charlie Corson, I'm pretty certain that the Swans were staying at the Como in Chapel Street. So that must be like okay. the, the dwelling of, of AFL Yeah, clubs. right. Because I, I, I remember when Brisbane were down for their ones, they stayed somewhere on Queen's Parade, sort of Albert Park. In uh, a Melbourne way, you know, opposite the opposite the racetrack. Yeah, would that be the big? Is that the Pullman? The no, Carlton, that's not the Carlton, Pullman. Carlton Club, Carlton Quest. Yeah, Would maybe, you? maybe. Yeah, definitely not the Carlton Club. That's in Burke Street. No. Anyway, here are two men who um, are just naming hotels now. <laughs> uh, we are going to hit the road. We are Junk Time for Potter, Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. Happy three hundredth, Adam. Go Hawks. And to, and to you, mate. And to you. And thanks to the Junk Timers for joining us aboard this journey. What a journey. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.